Bill Morse, inventor of the telegraph, tapping out his first message. The Outline, World Dispatch. It's Tuesday, August 15th, 2017. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Today on The Dispatch, Paul Blessed on drivers and protests. It definitely defeats the purpose of protests. And William Turton on The Daily Stormer. It was as if I had written on my website, hacked by anonymous in all caps, and used that as proof that I'd been hacked. Here's The Dispatch. Power. Saturday's terrorist attack in Charlottesville, Virginia, which left 32-year-old Heather Heyer dead and 19 people injured, was committed using a car. A reasonable person might say that someone who plows a car into dozens of people in a street should be held accountable for their actions. But some state legislators across the country have been working to legitimize the act of crashing a car into people on the street if those people happen to be protesting. Paul Blessed has been reporting on this and why that is. Hi, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me. You found that six states had introduced some kind of legislation this year aimed at shielding drivers who hit people who are protesting. So, yeah, uh, Jan- in January, uh, North Dakota was the first one to do it um, after the Standing Rock protests. Um, they uh, introduced a bill that ultimately failed uh, in the State House of Representatives. And then a bunch of other states uh, at least tried it in some form, Tennessee, North Carolina, Texas, and Florida, and also Rhode Island, uh, which you wouldn't expect with it being a blue state. Um, None of the bills, other than the North Carolina bill, have passed um, through committee. Uh, The North Carolina bill was passed by the House of Representatives and is still uh, being held up by the state Senate. Um, So none of these bills are laws yet, but they've made the attempt. What exactly is this legislation trying to prevent? So the legislation is trying to, you know, ostensibly prevent uh, protesters from suing drivers who hit them while they're protesting in the streets. Um, there was there were Standing Rock protests on streets uh, last year, um, and in Charlotte, when the death of Keith Scott had happened, uh, protesters took to the streets. They took over I eighty five. So. This bill is is really aimed at, um, you know, stopping that from happening. But there's no recorded case that I found of a protester suing a driver who hit them uh, with their car. So it's it's not clear. It's not clear what the real purpose of this is, other than to sort of strike fear in protesters uh, who, who might think to take to the streets. So if. One of these bills had been introduced in Virginia and passed before the violence erupted in Charlottesville this weekend. What kind of protection would the driver who hit and killed Heather Heyer have? So all of these bills uh, primarily dealt with civil liabilities. Um, so, you know, the right of the protesters to sue for civil damages in, in court. Uh, it, most of them didn't have anything to do with criminal um, but the North Dakota bill in particular did say that, uh, quote, not, notwithstanding any other provision of the law, a driver of a motor vehicle who unintentionally causes injury or death to an individual who is intentionally obstructing vehicular traffic is not guilty of an offense. So, you know, most of these bills were dealt with civil court. Um, if, if this law had been in effect in Virginia, you know, the family of Heather Heyer or anybody else who was injured uh, might not be able to sue uh, James Fields. 
the operative phrase, which, you know, Republicans are sort of, you know, countering all of this with, uh, is exercise due care or, or exercise reasonable care. Um, the problem is that nobody seems to know what that means. Um, you know, what what does it mean to to exercise due care when you you know plow through a, a group of protesters? I mean, most people see the protesters in front of them when they're when they're driving through. So to me, it seems like it really uh, you know just tries to discourage you know the the protests overall. One thing that jumped out at me was how these bills are worded around people who are blocking traffic, people who are in a public right of way, who are protesting. Those are the people who, if these laws passed, would be prevented from suing the drivers who hit them. And that seems to me like it's aimed at this idea of protest being disruptive and like blocking highways and blocking people from getting to work, which is something people complain about a lot. They're like, oh, traffic is so bad because these Black Lives Matters people are marching. And I think that is an argument that has appeal to some people, but it's also like you want protests to be disruptive. That's that does that sort of defeats the purpose. Yeah, it definitely defeats the purpose of protests. I mean, you know, if you look at at some of the the great protests in history, not not all of them have had permits. Um, so, you know, the whole the whole act of direct of direct action in the first place is to sort of bring you know, this struggle home to people who, who might not see it every day and taking over a highway where people use it to get to work. Um, you know, that's, that's something that brings that struggle home in a real way. Republican, Republican legislators don't want people to see that struggle. So that's, that's why they, you know, make these direct attacks, not only that would shield drivers from being sued, but also, you know, criminalizing people who are taking over the highways in the first place. Another thing that you picked up on was the fact that the wording in the bills was very similar. What do you make of that? So, you know, in in Tennessee and North Carolina, Rhode Island, uh, you know, the bills that were originally introduced, uh, the North Carolina bill was was changed at the end and they added on another clause. But all three of the bills that were originally introduced are, are, you know, nearly down to the words, the exact same language. Um, You know, I, I looked into whether or not ALEC, uh, the American Legislative Exchange Council, could have, you know, supported something like this. It doesn't seem to be their MO. They, they're trying, you know, at least air, heavy air quotes, uh, focusing on criminal justice reform. Um, but, you know, I think that a lot of the state Republican caucuses talk to each other, um, which is what I, something that I've heard. And I think that maybe, you know, which could be even scarier than a coordinated effort. You know, somebody in North Carolina looks at a bill in Tennessee and goes, that's a good idea. Um, and basically copies it word for word. So I think that, you know, Republicans in the state legislatures are, are paying attention to what, you know, their colleagues and other other states are doing. And I think that that's, you know, just sort of this like coordinated takeover of, of government at all levels by the right. Paul, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. The future. Yesterday, you might have seen news outlets like The Guardian or CBS reporting that neo-Nazi website The Daily Stormer had been hacked by the infamous hacking collective Anonymous. As William Turton reported, the problem here is that the hack is painfully, obviously fake. Hi, William. Hey. What happened that 
made people think that the site had been hacked. So uh, the Daily Stormer, which is this neo-Nazi website, put up a post that was kind of all caps, had some stock images of the Guy Fox mask, which is this iconic anonymous imagery, and asserted that the website has been hacked, it's been taken over by anonymous, um, it's retribution for the Daily Stormer's evil views, uh, and now anonymous is in charge. But the problem was... That was the only change to the website. It was one post. It was as if I had written on my website, hacked by anonymous in all caps, and used that as proof that I had been hacked. And while this was all happening on the Daily Stormer kind of chat message board, they all obviously knew it was fake and were laughing at the journalists that were falling for it. And I should say that we know absolutely for sure that this is a troll now because Andrew Anglin, the founder of the site, posted a follow-up where he said, I've retaken control of the site, and it's obviously trolly. Everything about it is trolly. He writes that the Nigerian government intervened. They flew a helicopter through Israeli airspace. He and his collaborator were having to type on the same keyboard in order to brute force hack the attackers, and it's insane. So anyway... The site is supposedly hacked. A bunch of media fall for it. Some of them are kind of hedging and saying, like, it appears as if the site has been hacked. But um, realistically, if they had been critical about it, it, it was crazy to report this as anything other than a troll. Right. So why do you think the Daily Stormer did this to itself? So the Daily Stormer was going through some tough times when they were supposedly hacked by Anonymous. The domain registration company GoDaddy had decided to um, basically kick the Daily Stormer author service. And this this is because of a post they wrote about the woman who was killed in Charlottesville um, that was just pretty gross and disgusting. And they had 24 hours to find a new registrar. And in the meantime, we're going to do some trolling. So they got kicked off GoDaddy, and they decided to move to Google as their domain registrar. Shortly after they went to Google... Google said that they were in violation of their terms, and it's unclear as of now where the domain is registered. If you do a Whois search on the Daily Stormer, it still resolves to say that Google is where the domain is registered. Uh, that could be because of some lag. It's totally unclear how they're hosting the website right now, uh, but they tried to move to Google and got kicked off. And just to be clear, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so... As of this recording, it's unclear where the Daily Stormer will be able to register its domain, although my guess is they can find someone. It almost seems to me like them moving to Google was another troll move on their part, almost that they knew they would get kicked off. The reality is that, you know, if you want to host a website like this, there will be someone out there that will be willing to register your domain, but there's probably not going to be a huge company like Google or GoDaddy. Right, it'll probably be some unknown company, probably not based in the U.S., probably with a name like xvy9k.net. They got you covered. Right.
That's it for today's Dispatch. We do this show every morning, Monday through Thursday. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or by going to theoutline.com slash podcasts. I'm Adrienne Jeffries. Thanks for listening. We'll have more stories tomorrow.